One of the fastest growing industries today is eSports, otherwise known as competitive video gaming. Esports doesn't mean it's a video game featuring a traditional sport like football or baseball. Esports can be any video game from Mario Brothers to Fortnite to Rocket League. And esports can be played in competitions and tournaments. In short, esports is an industry worth $25 billion. Welcome to the Inside OSU podcast. I'm your host, Mally Jones. My guest this week is OSU alumnus Bubba Gatter. Gatter is the executive director for the Varsity Esports Foundation in Kansas City. We visited on Zoom about the exploding new industry. What is it about esports that has made it become such an important thing for kids in schools? 97% of students, teenagers, play video games. We know that there are 3,000, more than 3,000 high schools that have esport clubs out of the 35,000 high schools in the United States. So there's you know, almost 10% that are playing. But when we survey those students and we ask what are the other activities they do in school, 82% of them say nothing. And once they get involved with an esports club, those kids, they're finding belonging, they're finding teamwork. And their GPA is increasing by 1.7 statistically. We're the survey results we're getting is kids' GPA is going up by 1.7, and their attendance is going up by 10%. So they're competing in as a team in school, and then they are eating dinner at home. So these numbers are great because it helps prove that esports and gaming at schools is not just play, but it's social emotional learning, social emotional learning building college and career readiness and knowing that there are 200 colleges across the United States actively recruiting players. There are 200 or so varsity esport programs and colleges across the country. There's about 2000 colleges with recreational or intramural type clubs at their colleges for esports. So there's a lot of esports around. There's only 5,000 colleges in the United States. So that's almost half. Yeah. And with, with that, you have this top, uh, top down thing where colleges are recruiting students to come play and they are giving them scholarships or tuition discounts or room and board tuition, whatever that needs to cover to be a competitor on their team. They're also giving them scholarships for someone to be the audio visual uh, director or the social media manager. Uh, not just not just players who are good, but players who maybe bring an influence or bring some other skills. So that's where I see Oklahoma State being beneficial because they're creating some curriculum. They're creating certification. Sean Knoll is doing that right now in Oklahoma State. Been working with the team at Oklahoma State for a few years now and being excited about supporting that. As And I don't give anybody else this kind of treatment because it's my alma mater. So there's a lot of colleges. Mm-hmm. I, I work with ton, dozens of colleges. But I'm like, I want to help Oklahoma State, you know, kind of be the first in some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. However, there's a lot of colleges that are have developed certifications, have developed career pathways for uh, degrees and minors and majors beyond just the varsity program at a school. It's not just about that. It's also this education side and, you know, STEM, STEM is big to us. We're STEM accredited. And that's what our foundation tries to provide is that literacy and education to support the ecosystem and the pathway beyond just it's, you know, it's something that kids are doing and we should pay attention to it. And the industry is a $25 billion industry, uh, esports globally, and video games is a $160 billion industry. It's bigger than 
many other sports combined. Let's talk a little bit about Varsity Esports Foundation, who you work for. Can you just tell us what that is? Yeah, our real big focus at the foundation is is esports, but it's pro, being proactive in the space. If we know society, we know that society perpetuates video games are bad. You kids stay in the basement, drink your soda, eat your chips, and there's violence in video games, and it's causing all these problems. Well, not really what's happening. What's what I get to see happening every day is you know, over 3,000 high schools and a couple thousand middle schools across the United States that have sanctioned esport clubs, just like a soccer team or just like a football team or a drama club or, or band, they're actually kids meeting in their computer labs, playing games together with a coach in a safe environment with kids that are the IT person or the audio video or the commentator of the, their live stream, as we call a shoutcaster. And what's happening is these kids who are part of these clubs who are trying to be proactive with to teach them great things is they are getting better grades. Every, every kid's playing video games, just about. And you have this kid set of kids who don't want to do their activities. And so they get a part of a team and they have teamwork, collaboration, camaraderie, problem solving that goes into it, collaboration. And what we're seeing out of it is these the GPA and the attendance increase. But now they're not playing video games at home as much. They're doing their homework. And instead of playing video games during dinner time, they're eating dinner with their families. And that's a really great byproduct of all this is the engagement. So our foundation focuses on that kind of real goal of setting that expectation that schools can have this. And there may be people who look like me who are much older who don't know how to use their flip phone sitting on school boards that have no idea what video games are and what esports is but that's what our foundation does is provide that literacy to provide some education mm -hmm. so people can learn a lot more and esports become more than just knowing who ninja is and knowing that there's college scholarships and big arenas full of people watching people on a stage there's a lot more to it and that's what we get to do every day you talked about the literacy and the education. Can you tell us about that? Sure. There is a scholastic pipeline. There is a professional pipeline. And then there is verticals around YouTube influencing and social media marketing and Instagram, just like there is in other fields and industries of, of the world. So when we look at the scholastic pipeline being a thing where Kids are playing Minecraft in middle school and they're then high school, they're playing Fortnite and then they're going to college and they're playing things like Rocket League. They're competing in competitive video games. That's what esports means is competitive video games. That's the difference between what video games is and what esports is. Esports is the competitive nature. Now, not all games are esports related, but there can be a component of competition or tournament. But it's the idea of they're just sitting playing video games. They're not athletes. Well, let me ask this, is the Olympic sport shooting an athletic thing? Does that take more brain, you know, cognitive reflexes than doing a game and knowing how to make decisions in a split second and for, for 60 minutes? I don't know. What does it take? So there's, there's a lot of debate, but that's the literacy we're trying to provide is that there's more than just a leisure activity. This vertical of esports, that's an opportunity that people aren't thinking about. We want to be there for them. When you go to schools, you suggest this idea. Could you compare it to football where they have practice after school? They have games on the weekends. How does that kind of work? 
here's the format of how it works in schools. When we approach schools or schools approach us more likely is what happens is how, how do we do esports? We've heard about it. And if we heard there's thousands of schools doing it, what do we need to do? You survey kids say, what games do you like? Because it'd be like, what sport do we want at school? Do we want soccer, basketball, track? Well, what, what do kids like? Well, we want to start a new program. Same thing here. Do they like shoot them up games? Do they like, um, you know, car driving games or, you know, fighting games? What, what is it? And so once you survey, you can then say, well, we're going to fill the team. And the, the team is going to then compete in things like the high school esports league, which is a really long, well-known league that's housing all these tournaments across North America. Uh, digitally where schools play other schools across the nation and they're they're doing it at the homes or they're doing it at school uh, depending on if they have an esports lab or not or a computer lab or computer science lab or graphic design lab whatever it may be to handle those kind of games and good internet and so there's let's say there's a game day like you'd have a game day on the thursday or friday just like you would for jv or varsity basketball or something and you can stream that and parents can watch at home or watch on their phones and watch the games actually happen by seeing the spectator view of the game. And there could be kids with cameras inside the esports lab recording and talking and saying, Oh, he went left instead of right. And he, he finished this, that, and just like a commentator for any other sport practice happens every day, you know, or once a week, doesn't matter. I mean, it's up, up to the, up to the, the teacher or the coach. Uh, there's always a champion in the school who says, let's bring it to our school. And you get a sponsor, there's always a teacher involved, and they are the coach. Uh, not all of them are paid, but they're doing it because they love video games too. And they love helping kids, especially those kids who don't do other things, who need something to belong to, just like they were probably in high school. So it looks like a normal activity, just like soccer or football. There's practice. Sometimes when there's no COVID, they go and they play schools down the road and they compete and they all bring their PCs together or their Xboxes together and compete totally doable. So what kind of investment are schools looking sure. at with this? So here, here's two numbers. Uh, a fully functioning football program cost a school about $500 per kid on average. A fully functioning esports program cost about $250 per kid. So it's half the cost of football. How long ago did the Varsity Esports Foundation mm -hmm. start? The idea for the foundation was created in 2017 when I started really understanding what esports was and saw this map of schools across the country, which was 1,500 schools that time. Then I saw that they were only in the suburbs, all these little pin dots on this map, like all these clubs were in suburbs. Like, well, why aren't these kids in the urban core and out in the rural areas getting the same support? So I talked with some people in the esports space and this classic space and said, there needs to be a nonprofit that helps with grants to help these schools that can't afford it. You did touch on this a little bit before, but can you talk about the goals of this organization? Yeah, we have quite a few initiatives that we really promote. Uh, the biggest one is digital citizenship. So that means creating students and individuals with a great digital footprint and are citizens of their digital sphere. So that means our initiatives around cyberbullying, mental health, diversity, inclusion, toxicity, uh, belonging, H how, do we, how do we help students and teachers engage a little better to be more proactive around those ideas rather than reactive? Esports and gaming and toxicity, if we're still as a society hiding behind our keyboards, just like we do um, on Facebook and 
hide behind our keyboards on other social media platforms. We're hiding on video games too. And it's, it's not being changed from older generation to see, to show kids that here's a better example. We're still setting a bad example as adults for kids. And if we can teach kids, you don't need to be toxic. You don't need to yell at people and cuss people out or say racial terms to them. That's not going to happen. Now leagues are doing a good job at enforcing those in the high school and college space saying you can't get away with that. Otherwise you're banned and they learn and then they can't play anymore. But that's, that's reactive, right? We're trying to be proactive and saying, let's not do it at all. Our foundation goal is really to help reshape the thinking for students to have a safe environment in a school where they're getting guidance from a teacher just as much as a football coach would say, don't talk smack after the game. I know we lost or we won or whatever. Like you're going to get push-ups for this. Like that's what I'm sure I've got that talking to when we play mm-hmm. football. Like same here. Like, okay, we lost. No big deal. We're going to practice. Like, let's not be rude about it. Let's not, let's not say whatever term to them because we're mad. Like let's, you know, hold our heads up high. Just as you know, there's probably, there's probably great locker room speeches in esport clubs as well as there are in traditional sports. So For our goals, we want to be in that space, but we also don't want to spend time just like we're going to create a new program. The fun thing I get to do is partner with people all around the globe, creating these health and wellness opportunities for gamers to be better with their posture, with their wrists, with their eyes, uh, with people doing things around toxicity, with people with disabilities that can play games because there's adaptive controllers. Like we find people like that to partner with so we can help spread that message. For the future of this organization, especially as this industry keeps growing and growing, what do you see for the future of varsity sports? So the future for us is really we need more bandwidth to support more kids. There are 35,000 high schools in the United States. There are 90,000 middle schools and only 10% of those have STEM accredited esport programs that we've helped provide. That's, that's not, you know, we're, we're just at 10%. So there's a lot of room for growth. So for us, we're always looking for ways to support the ecosystem through grants that we provide to those low income schools that can't afford it. That, that don't probably have a math club, don't have a drama club because they're focused on just making sure they can get their kids to the school and probably feed them because that's the only meal they probably get that day. Mm-hmm. There's a struggle like that in, in inner city schools. I grew up in that, in that environment uh, with the schools I went to in Oklahoma City. And that's something, look, look, I'd rather us be funded out of existence. I'd rather our nonprofit not exist but we have to because our community and our government and our schools don't have the resources to. So we're going around asking for people donate to this cause, just like I know, I know we're not puppies, we're not building houses, but we're building the next generation. If you can help us build the next generation by donating to our fund so we can help those kids help you when you're a senior citizen and you need some life-saving technology because they're going to create it because they got into a computer related program at their school through esports, And now they, built some new pacemaker. Well, you had, you had some sort of seed planted in that. So that's what our future is. We'd rather be funded out of existence so the community can take care of it. But until we, until that happens, we're going to continue to provide these opportunities to kids that don't have the same opportunities as everybody else. We talked about OSU a little bit earlier mm-hmm. um, and OSU is creating the new esports certificate, which you said that you were a part of. And so why is it important for schools and big universities to create options like this for their degree. Colleges have an amazing opportunity to have 
the ability to bring in more dollars. And I say that, and I'm speaking directly to the admissions departments at colleges. You can have an esports team and find a new way to bring in new sponsors that are tech industry. Esports can be that new vertical for fundraising. But it's also if you have a team and you have some sort of recreational uh, facility in the student union, which I know is being built, just like the Colvin Center recruited many people to like, oh, wow, this they got a rock wall and we got a pool and we got like eight gyms. Yeah, I definitely want to work out here. I'm going to this school. Like, you know, a lot of people's money went into that tuition went into that over the years. Well, what if you had that for a nice gaming arena in the student union where people can... Um, can play games and like be recruited and be a part of something. The Oklahoma State Gaming Club, the with the board gaming and video game, is the largest club on campus. It's the largest student union or student life organization on campus. Um, so why not take advantage of that and say we've got this big club, we've got this opportunity for a varsity program maybe, and then when it comes to education, how can you recruit a new uh, you know, a new type of student that wants to learn beyond just the great veterinary school. And I think maybe, maybe they have technology minded things they want to do. So esports can be an opportunity for a minor or a major or the certificate you guys are creating. And you're doing, uh, Sean is doing a smart, he's taken like a year to develop it. There's a lot of schools out there who are just jumping on it and they're adding an E in front of their communication class and calling it esports. And they're not, they didn't bring any nerds in like me to talk about esports. OSU's new esports lab will be opening later this spring. The new esports certificate through the OSU School of Media and Strategic Communications is going to be available to all majors next fall. You can learn more about eSports this spring in the State Magazine, and it will also be featured in one of our State Magazine video pieces on O-State TV. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Inside OSU Podcast. I'm Mally Jones. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Mm-hmm.